You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit oasiswaterloo.org. If what you seek is truth, there's one thing that you must have above all else, said the teacher to the student. I know, said the student, I must have an overwhelming passion to acquire it. No, smiled the teacher. What you must have is an unremitting readiness to admit that you may be wrong. We've just listened to Jesus's famous story, the story of the Good Samaritan, the man who broke his journey to care for a Jew. Jews and Samaritans didn't normally get along. But this was a Jew who he'd found beaten up and left for dead on the side of the long road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And as part of that story, we've also heard again the tale of the first two men who arrived on the scene before the Samaritan, a Jewish priest and a Jewish Levite. The big question is, why did neither of these religious leaders, models of orthodox belief, stop to help the victim of this terrible crime? And here's the irony. Their failure, the failure to show compassion, was not in spite of their strongly held religious views. It was because of them. Their question was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me and my reputation? It was only the Samaritan, a despised heretic, who had the freedom to turn the question on its head and ask himself, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? It was a former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, who warned, the more distorted a person's idea of God is, and the more passionately they are committed to it, the more damage they will do. The perception of absolute certainty is a really dangerous thing. Beliefs, when riddled with unexplored assumptions, always risk becoming dangerous. Questioning, of course, is life's alarm bell. And so those who never question what they believe end up tending to believe anything. Living by Jesus' teaching means that we have to be honest enough to question our preconceptions and to constantly reevaluate our assumptions because an assumption can be a dangerous mistake. Unless we, as Jesus followers, have the courage to do this, we'll always risk presenting to the world a stale and a distorted image of the vibrant reality of Jesus's teaching. The problem, of course, is that we like certainty. We like things to be beyond doubt, black and white, on or off, right or wrong. What we dislike is ambiguity. We prefer things when they're cut and dried and guaranteed it's easier. So rethinking worries us because it's uncomfortable. But what's far more worrying is inhabiting a culture where people either don't have any questions or still worse, don't feel able to raise them. In fact, without space for questions and room for doubt, faith, real faith, doesn't exist, cannot exist at all, just blind acceptance. Doubt and questioning, it turns out, aren't the opposite of faith. Instead, they sit right at the heart of it. Faith and doubt are inextricably linked. Our fears, 
probing and inquiring are all tools of living faith. Our questions are critical to examining, testing, and to ultimately strengthening that faith. Why? Because rather than resulting from a rejection of reason, our beliefs should be the fruit of the honest outcomes of an ongoing debate in which we use our reason to probe our faith. Choosing to follow Christ means engaging with our doubts rather than ignoring them. But that's a demanding route to take. Jesus invited, but he never compelled his disciples to exercise faith. He refused to do things that would force people into trusting him. Instead, he always left room for his followers to doubt him, and he encouraged them to explore those doubts. But he also challenged their assumptions by raising questions that would ultimately deepen their faith. Faith is never static. It's active. It's dynamic. And that means it fluctuates. This is as natural as the ebb and flow of the tide. Now, if the sea were still, it would stagnate. So it is that a faith that's undisturbed by any waves of doubt, any questioning, becomes spiritually stagnant and perhaps even more damagingly complacent. Unless we're constantly examining what we stand for, what we hold to be precious and significant, and what, on the other hand, is mere paraphernalia tacked onto the real truth of the message that Jesus taught, then we risk sinking into an overcomfortable, self-absorbed and self-satisfied lifestyle exhibited, the kind of lifestyle exhibited by the priest and the Levite in Jesus's story. A friend of mine was serving as a visiting professor to a university where he'd been asked to speak to a group of theological students on the search for a deeper understanding of the historical Jesus. Eventually, bemused and frustrated, halfway through his lecture, one of the students couldn't keep quiet any longer. Suddenly, he got to his feet and he interrupted my friend. If you scholars have lost the real Jesus, that's your problem, he said. I've not lost him. I know him. I don't need to search for him. Several other students applauded their friend's statement, and then there was a long, very awkward silence in the room. Finally, though, my friend spoke. I understand your point of view, he tells me, he said. But for all of those of you who are not ready to say that you understand all that there is about knowing Christ, I invite you to join me in the ongoing pursuit of Jesus of Nazareth, who I believe is the saviour of the world. As appealing as shoot from the hip certainty sometimes seems, It's always arrogant and foolish to assume that we've got everything about Jesus pinned down or summed up and that we've got no more need to search for him. Questioning, it turns out, is the natural and the necessary pursuit of every person for every disciple of Christ who's not yet ready to say, my understanding is complete.